like a rat in a maze. Which way to God, or is there a God of creation that interacts daily in the lives of men? How do I know? How do I make the right choice to ensure great life, even eternal life? A myriad of choices, and each one contradicting the other. What is one to do? Those of you who are unsaved and are visiting this feature today are being drawn by the Spirit of God into the valley of decision. Joel chapter 3, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. A day of terrible judgment approaches, and only the blood shall be saved. The way out and the way in are found in John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way out and the way in are found in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The way out and the way in are found in Romans ten nine and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Are you ready for answers? Do you long to be free of your sin and shame and bondage? Today is your valley of decision. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Today is your way out and your way in. Click on now. Now for today's subject, God said Psalms 111 verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. God said, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and applying thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. God said, Psalms 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Man said, according to astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, host of the series Cosmos, if you start using your scripture, your religious text as a source of your science, that's where you run into problems. And there is no example of someone reading their scripture and saying, I have a prediction about the world that no one knows yet because this gave me insight. Let's go test this prediction and have that theory turn out to be correct. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature article 684 that will once again prove the full and complete inerrancy of the word of God. All of these beautiful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the ransomed and as weapons to be employed in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you in all that you do with light in truth. The 2014 series called Cosmos 
is introduced by President Obama and hosted by astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, who made the ridiculous statement in the man-said section of this article, which will be addressed later. In the series, Mr. Tyson also challenges God's account that he created the earth before the sun and the universe, and proceeds to attempt to unravel the six-day creation narrative laid out in Genesis. God's word cannot be broken. Proverbs 35 and 6, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. The fear of the true God, the creator and judge of heaven and earth, is thoroughly taught in the Holy Bible. Note that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You should find this interesting. The following excerpts are from the commentary written by David Barton in the Founder's Bible. Most of America's oldest universities were founded by Christians. The College of William and Mary, founded in 1693, purposed to supply the Church of Virginia with a seminary of ministers that the Christian faith may be propagated. Established in 1701, Yale College had a stated goal that every student should consider the main end of his study, to wit, to know God in Jesus Christ and answerably to lead a godly, sober life. King's College, Columbia University, a purpose to inculcate upon students' tender minds the great principles of Christianity and morality. One of Princeton's founding statements was, Cursed is all learning that is contrary to the cross of Christ. Originally chartered and founded as Queens College in New Jersey in 1766, Rutgers University was inspired by the model of the University of Etrecht, Netherlands, which was, Son of Righteousness, shine upon us. It chose for its official model, Son of Righteousness, shine upon the West also. A U.S. founding father, Benjamin Rush, observed, it's a fact worthy of notice that the most enlightened parts of the world in the realms of general and useful science are those in which the doctrines of the Christian religion are taught and believed. And Rabbi Daniel Lappin, considered one of America's most influential rabbis today, conducted extensive modern research into this topic, concluding, Well over 90% of all scientific discoveries of the past thousand years have been made in nations where Christianity is the prevailing religion. Virtually every major discovery in physics, medicine, chemistry, mathematics, electricity, nuclear physics, mechanics, and just about everything else has taken place in Christian countries. End of quote. The Bible teaches that on the fourth day of creation, God creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. The first day he created the heaven and the earth. Everything was made for the earth and the edification of man and all of God's creatures. This concept is known in science as the anthropic principle. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Anthropic Principle. Today's physicists are preoccupied with what is commonly known as the anthropic principle. To science, it is the intriguing discovery that all things have been designed, uh, designed pardon me, with man in mind. In a 1997 issue of Nature magazine, physicist Karl Reese dealt with this subject in a feature titled The Anthropic Principle and the Structure of the Physical World. Can it be? 
Could all of creation be designed to facilitate the needs of man, even including the universe? Are man and the earth central to the universe, or are we just an accident that happens on occasion? The following excerpt is from the feature Ever Learning. In six days God created all that you see. The host of heaven was created on the fourth day for the purpose of serving the earth. The earth is the center of attention. Stephen Hawking, in his book A Brief History of Time, seems to be tripping over the truth he reports. Now at first sight, all of this evidence that the universe looks the same whichever direction we look in might seem to suggest there is something special about our place in the universe. In particular, it might seem that if we observe all other galaxies to be moving away from us, then we must be at the center of the universe. There is, however, an alternative explanation. The universe might look the same in every direction as seen from any other galaxy, too. This, as we have seen, was Friedman's second assumption. We believe it only on grounds of modesty. It would be most remarkable if the universe looked the same in every direction around us, but not around other points in the universe. The observable evidence shows the earth as the center of the universe. End of quotes. The scriptures record that there was light before the sun. Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Of course, the sun and all the hosts of heaven were not created until the fourth day. Victor Weisskopf, the former head of physics at MIT, had this to say in American Scientist, Volume 71, under the heading of The Origin of the Universe. Indeed, the Judeo-Christian tradition describes the beginning of the world in a way that is surprisingly similar to the scientific model. Previously, it seemed scientifically unsound to have light created before the sun. The present scientific view does indeed assume the early universe to be filled with various kinds of radiation long before the sun was created, end of quote. Mr. Tyson said, If you start using your scripture, your religious text, as a source of your science, that's where you run into problems, and there is no example of someone reading their scripture and saying, I have a prediction about the world that no one knows yet, because this gave me insights, let's go test this prediction and have that theory turn out to be correct. End of quote. Has anyone had a prediction about the world? A prediction that they discovered in the plain reading of the Word of God and successfully succeeded in proving that prediction correct? Christopher Columbus, whose first name means bearing Christ, held the lofty title of Admiral of the Ocean Sea. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Round Earth and Christopher Columbus. Prevailing wisdom at the time of Columbus was that the world was flat, and if you ventured past the line of danger, you would fall off the end of the earth. It should be noted that at about that same time of Christopher Columbus was petitioning Isabella and Ferdinand in the court of Spain, in Nuremberg, Germany, a man named Martin Behem unveiled what he called Earth Apple, the first round Earth globe on record. 
Historians say it is safe to suggest that Columbus was not aware of Beam's Earth Apple. 500 years ago, Columbus penned the book uh, titled Libro de las Profetias, which in English translates to Book of Prophecies. And just in the 1990s has it become possible to consider its content in English. In Kay Brigham's book titled Christopher Columbus, His Life and Discovery in the Light of His Prophecies, the following quote from Columbus himself is noted. At this time, I have seen and put in study to look into all the scriptures, cosmography, histories, chronicles, and philosophy and other arts, which our Lord opened to my understanding, I could sense his hand upon me, so that it became clear to me that it was feasible to navigate from here to the Indies, and he unlocked within me the determination to execute my idea. And I came to your highnesses with this ardor. All those who heard about my enterprise rejected it with laughter scoffing at me. Neither the sciences which I mentioned above, nor the authoritative citations from there were of any avail. And only your highnesses remain faith and constancy. Who doubts that this illumination was from the Holy Spirit? I attest that he, the Spirit, with marvelous rays of light, consoled me through the holy and sacred scriptures, encouraging me to proceed and continually, without ceasing for a moment, they inflame me with a sense of great urgency. I have already said that for the execution of the enterprise of the Indies, neither reason nor mathematics nor world maps were profitable to me, Rather, the prophecy of Isaiah was completely fulfilled. Should it be a surprise to us that out of all 66 books of the Bible, Christopher Columbus refers to the book of Isaiah as the supernatural inspiration of his vision and his labor? He said natural reason was not his inspiration. It was neither maps nor mathematics nor the encouragement of men, but God's prophecies in the book of Isaiah. And one of those prophecies is that God sits upon the circle of the earth. Isaiah chapter 40, 21 and 22, end of quote. Has anyone had a prediction about the world, a prediction that they discovered in plain reading of the word of God and succeeded in proving that prediction correct? The man's name was Matthew Murray, and he holds the title of Father of Oceanography, Pathfinder of the Seas, and Father of Naval Meteorology. This famous scientist developed the National Observatory and helped found the U.S. Naval Academy and National Weather Bureau, as well as being instrumental in laying the transatlantic telegraph cable. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Paths in the Sea. The prophets of obedience are immeasurable, and so it is concerning the discoveries of one Matthew Fontaine Murray. Matthew Murray, known as the father of oceanography, was a U.S. naval officer who lived during the 1800s. After an injury forced an early retirement, Mr. Murray was awarded the job of overseeing the depot of charts and instruments of the Hydrographic Office of the U.S. Navy, spanning 20 years from 1841 to 1861. Matthew was an ardent follower of Jesus Christ and had complete confidence in the accuracy of the Word of God, a confidence that became immensely profitable to all mankind. He read Psalms 8.8 and Ecclesiastes verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, and saw the great practical significance of paths in the sea and circuits of the wind. 
It is Matthew Maury who discovered and plotted many of the wind circuits and ocean currents or paths in the sea, such as the 40-mile-wide, 2,000-feet-deep Gulf Current, the Japanese Current, the California Current, and more. The seagoing vessels, vessels in Maury's days applied these discoveries and cut down the time needed to cross the ocean by as much as three weeks. Today's air travel uses jet streams, discovered by Matthew Maury. The state of Virginia erected a monument of honor to their native son, and its plaque reads, Matthew Fontaine Maury, Pathfinder of the Seas, the genius who first snatched from the oceans and atmosphere the secret of their laws, his inspiration, Holy Writ, Psalms, chapter 8, verse 8, Ecclesiastes, pardon me, chapter 1, verse 6. The nearly three weeks of savings for seagoing vessels, as well as hefty savings in time and fuel for air travel, have registered enormous benefits. Huge savings of man-hours, reduced cost of food and fuel, less wear and tear on the ships and planes, and more resulting in a lower cost of ship goods and, consecutively, a lower cost of merchandise and travel expense to the entire world. Obeying God's Word is always a profitable thing to do. Psalms 8.8, The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 6, The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. End of quotes. Did Mr. Tyson consider the colossal archaeological discoveries that have been unearthed with the spade in one hand and the Bible in the other? Mr. Barton also printed the following concerning Matthew Maury. Maury used other Bible verses to make additional significant discoveries that revolutionized science. When criticized for his reliance on the Bible, Maury responded, I have been blamed by men of science, both in this country and in England, for quoting the Bible in confirmation of the doctrines of physical geography. The Bible, they say, was not written for scientific purposes, and is therefore of no authority in matters of science. I beg pardon. The Bible is authority for everything it touches. The Bible is true and science is true. They are both true. And when your men of science, with vain and hasty conceit, announce the discovery of disagreement between them, rely upon it, the fault is not with the witness or his records, but with the worm, sinful human, who assays attempts to interpret evidence which he does not understand. End of quote. Since the beginning of time, Satan has paraded his champions before the sons of Adam, ridiculing and maligning the words of God, but they have failed time after miserable time, God's word is true and righteous altogether. God said Psalms 111 verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. God said Proverbs 2 verses 1 through 5, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. God said, Psalms 14, verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. 
They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Mann said, according to astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, host of the series Cosmos, if you start using your scripture, your religious text as the source of your science, that's where you run into problems. And there is no example of someone reading their scripture and saying, I have a prediction about the world that no one knows yet because this gave me insight. Let's go test this prediction and have that theory turn out to be correct. Now you have the record.